thank you very much malik for um firstly taking your busy time out to join us we do realize and we do appreciate that creative people never have weekends and then they never get to sleep at all so you being here is a massive massive um sacrifice so thank you for being here we do appreciate you thank you for having me it's great to be here so Malik, we're just going to jump right. I'm just going to jump right into the conversation. I'm not sure what you've heard about the Beach of Africa, but here we like to have a, uh, a conversation that is built on the foundation of authenticity, honesty, and uh, a little bit and a drop of controversy, which is what we pride ourselves in. And sometimes we get people from the audience that listen to us to jump on to jump on stage and have a conversation so our podcast is then produced and distributed globally for our global listeners as well tell us tell us tell us the story behind the your inspiration to merge ai and fashion and why did you think using the elderly was such a good idea mm, i don't know if i should tell you the shortened version of the story or <laughs> Okay, because there is a there is a story behind the story. So um, many things led to you know to the actual final result. But I'll start with the fact that I'm a storyteller. Um, that's what I do for a living. I'm a storyteller. I'm a I'm a film director. I shoot TV commercials. Shoot documentaries. And I've been doing that for 13 years. Um, I, I run a production company here in Lagos. So, but when I kind of tell stories, it's not just um, for the sake of telling stories. It's all intentional. The type of t- stories that I tell are very intentional. And when I mean intentional, I'm talking about our heritage, our culture, our history, and just recognizing the fact that we're Africans and especially that we're Nigerian. So I like to... Um, kind of use my craft to either change mindsets or to inspire so that's the backstory behind the story but um i've been messing around with technology for a while now and i always look for the next thing i always look for the next um, level in terms of storytelling um you know it, either it be more immersive or be like in an innovative way and that's how i started to work with um text like virtual reality augmented reality about six seven years ago um, and that also led me to, you know, experimenting with artificial intelligence, which I started like two years ago. And back when I started, you know, just playing with it, it was nothing like it is today. Nobody spoke about it, especially, you know, knowing this part of the world. Only the, the geeks and uh, the ones that were in the tech industry that were into that space were only the ones that were having conversations or even maybe experimenting with it. But I was lucky enough to be curious. I'm always curious about you know, tech was curious about the future, so that's why I was in that space. Um, fast forward to um, late last year when I started to, you know, put my works that I created in the public space. My mom fell ill um, at some point last year, and my, myself and my mom, I'm the first boy, so like we're very close. And that was not something I was used to her being ill because she's like the strongest person I know. And um, normally what I do is I use art to distress. I, Like I said, I'm a filmmaker, but I've never done the art 
for um, you know for sales or for public viewings and that it was always for myself it helped me to stress it was always helping me you know kind of step away from the regular um, things that I do so I turned to the arts I turned to the arts to try to help me in terms of um, dealing with the fact that my, I couldn't speak to my mom for a while. She had a double stroke and a heart attack and she was on life support. So I could not even speak to her. And she was not even in the country. She was in the States. So everything was just, you know, against, you know, me dealing with it. Well, the arts was helping me because I was creating memories of her in a space that um, was in the happiest space. And I didn't want to just remember or see her in that, you know, on that bed, and that I just wanted to just use have mem- you know happy memories of her. That was where it started from, and that was actually helping me. That you know took me back and remembering her life, and I started to create things in that space that has to do with other elders. And I started I created a project called the Elder Series, and that was me just creating um, other people or older people in spaces that you normally don't see them. Because when, when I was creating these things, I started to realize how marginalized our society was. I didn't know how bad it was until I started to explore. Uh, what I realized how marginalized it was, I started to explore more in that space um, to try in a way um, to be a voice and also in a way to um, put a smile on their, any face I could find or just using my art. Um, so that's where it started from. So every morning, I wake up four o'clock every day. I've been doing that since uni. It's a bad habit. So I find things to do when I wake up. Um, so it's always, always something creative. It's always something either I'm writing or I'm, you know, doing something. So that morning, I woke up at four and I just thought about what I was doing that day, apart from the regular things that I normally do, you know, in the film industry. Um, and I just started to research. First of all, thinking about my mom, how she used to go for Owen Bears once in a while, my, my sister's weddings and how she used to plan it and just all of that. And I started to think about fashion, you know, fashion for that demographic. They think about fashion shows for that demographic. And I started to do some research. Um, I couldn't find anything. I literally could not find anything in Africa, in Europe, nowhere, like nothing. And I was just alarming, like, are you joking? Nobody has thought about, you know, creating something for this market for this demographic they're still alive for heaven's sake so that's where i started to explore but when i started to create the first images um i wasn't getting what i wanted because there's a lot of bias when it comes to the ai thing there's a lot of bias in terms of representation in terms of you know cultural representation and all of that so i literally had to train this machine to understand that we are not slaves we are not you know poverty stricken we are royal we are because we're african don't mean that we need to look like we're depressed so i, I just had to just train here for a while in terms of our our, our our clothing our fashions textures materials you know up until i started to get the right images which were the first ones that i created but i wasn't doing this to at that, at that point I wasn't doing it to shift any mindset or to I was just trying to inspire or just to make someone happy by creating you know a likeness of themselves but they're looking a lot better or a lot like deserving if that makes any sense because there's a lot of imposter syndrome that we Africans have so I wanted to just give like a vote of confidence to yourself to say to remind yourself of who you are that was my, my thing and my point my initial thought was 
um, maybe a few friends or friends of friends might just like it, repost it, comment on it, you know, as they normally do. I didn't know it was going to go viral. So I just posted it on LinkedIn and I went jogging. When I came back, my my iPad was dead, my phone was dead. I was wondering why and asked for the notifications of <laughs> uh, people messaging me and everything. So I, when I turned it on, my literally it was viral on LinkedIn. So I said, maybe there's something here. And then I posted it on Instagram and that was it. Literally all the international media, blogs, celebrities started to reach out and I was just wondering what is going on um, what is going on and yeah that's it that's the inception of it yeah, yeah no, no, no it, it's actually very fantastic you brought me you brought us right into my next question really which is um, were you were you at any point in time at 4 a.m when you were actually working in this art and when you were actually thinking about how do you hope Africans could be seen? Were you at any given point in time thinking about the magnitude of the response your work would have? Um, for this project, no, never. Because um, I have a lot of projects that I've not even I've not seen the light of day. Um, but mostly in the film, you know, TV series, anthology space. And um, so, because of, of sorry, one second. So in in in, in, in the anthology space, so I I always thought it was one of, it was going to be one of those things that would, you know, maybe be the thing that would make me either popular or my work. Because I have written a lot of films, I've written a lot of, but I've not shot them yet. You know, um, but that's intentional because it's kind of ahead of its time. So. I never thought my art would create something, but I feel like maybe because of the fact that I always take into consideration every single aspect of storytelling and what I'm doing, maybe um, some of my um, film side spirit, I, I don't really know, but the honest truth is I never anticipated the magnitude. I never thought about it going viral. I never even, not for a second, you know, thought people would relate to me the way they did. No, it, it was actually phenomenal. So, so um, yeah, so I I first come, so the whole AI bubble was happening. Everybody was talking about ChatGPT. And then all of a sudden, everybody started looking at Mead's journey. And there was a lot of, you know, very unique and really beautiful images that was being generated. But yours, your image, and again, I'm speaking from a biased uh, perspective because I know I'm African. I know how proud I was when I saw that image, and I was I knew how mind blown I was, more specifically because of the details on that. And I think it was one of the very first high quality, really well thought out, and really story oriented image to have ever generated by AI that I have seen up to that day. So it's actually, it was mind blowing for me. But here's the thing, not everybody really appreciated. In fact, some people became really, really worried. Why do you think that, where, where do you think that worry was coming from?
yeah it, it's it's from it's from a place of lack of understanding uh, which i which i understood as well so technology will always evolve there's always going to be a new innovation that is not going to be generally accepted because it's not understood until it's understood i i get that you know all the sci-fi films we've been watching in the past are coming to life you know on how technology is going to change but what people don't understand is you need to change with this technology as it's changing you can't be the same person when we there was a time there was no remote controls for your television um there was a time there was no streaming service that you had to put a vcr into a vhs or a vhs into a vcr before you could watch a film um you know but everything evolves you know so but if you actually understand why it evolves it's use it's it's um it's use in society and how it's going to be solution based and you understand why you should be a part of that industry so for instance ai could never replace any job which is one of the main um concerns it could never replace a human being and because of the fact that human beings have emotions we have choices that we make we have experience you know the ai machine does not have that it just learns you know and that is that can never be replaced so it's meant to be a tool for enhancement not replacement so that's that's the mistake they make and that's the misunderstanding that i i've, I've seen um people that were scared of you are heavily into me today and i knew that was going to happen I, i was having a talk with some brazilian artist um, some months ago it was a split conversation six three or six artists three of them where four ai three were against it and it was a debate against me and i was like having that conversations with them when i was done everybody started to work with ai after that because i i was showing the solution side of it you look at it from a solution point of view you look at it from things that you could achieve that you could not achieve before especially if you're a skilled you know worker or creative or what not what if you use that to enhance it you're not replacing it you're not you know using the data the exact data you're getting from it. you're just inspiring yourself so why not understand how you could use it why not understand the technology before you write it off um there are people that use it for bad the people that use it unethically but that says a lot about the people you know not, not about the technology because any tech can be used for good or bad so it not depends on your user itself so now why not be a part of that positive change in society or you know or, or regulating it so i i get it but it's just from a it's from a place of ignorance so but i understand so so, so let let's talk about let's talk about um you, you specifically mentioned um the misuse of 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 the technology itself let let's talk about um what what are the dangers that lies in in the misuse of ai in art that actually have the the the, the possibility of diminishing the human touch or originality of art itself because the reason why i'm asking that question because for some of us that are art lover we when we experience art we don't only experience the beauty of the image we experience the originality the story and some of us even go way beyond just the image itself we try to explore like the mindset and the framework of the artist itself so what what is the context that ai could be used to to rub off of that human touch and i think that's where a lot of people are coming from um so like for instance a lot of people might want to copy someone else's art and an ai uh, software a machine can easily do that 
But at the end of the day, it's still a copy. It's not. It's nothing original. But what if you use it to create something entirely original? When you look at art, it is entirely. When you look at art itself, what what is art? How do you define art? Is, is it just an image or is it a story? And if you look at it from a story point of view, what is a story? How do you tell a story? How do you express it? You know, and when you start looking at it from that point of view, the expression should not matter as long as you're understanding what the story is. As long as it's original enough. As long as I've, I've met like established artists, you know, that have been working for 20, 30 years that are now using AI to enhance their work because they understand it. I've met, I've met, I've met artists that said they would never touch it because they want to, they love the traditional, and that's that's good, fair play. I love the traditional art as well. I still love the, 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 the time it takes. If it takes two weeks, five days to create something organic, it's beautiful. You can never take that away from them. And that's, that's the beauty of it. So if I was in that space, I was an artist that I was drawing my hands, I'll be happy because I have a craft, I have a, I have the skill, and then I could not use a machine to enhance that skill however, I want it, then I could not have different branches of my work or just, you know, explore and imagine things I could not imagine before. That is how I look at it. So, you, but you could also look at the glass half full or half empty. You can look at it from a point of view that, oh, it's too easy, it's fast, it's quick, you know, and it, it's stealing data from everybody to to create something. Yes, all those things happen, but it doesn't have to happen. You can use it in a way that it doesn't use it at all. I train my, yeah, my machines with my data because I have those data. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker, so I have a, a stock of images and videos. Okay, maybe I'm lucky enough to have that, but you could do that as well. You could train it with things that you wanted to understand. You know, so it doesn't, you don't have to copy anything and you could use that to create something that is entirely new for, you know, and help societies uh, help um, a lot of things that you could you know speak for that you could not speak for before and whether you like it or not it's going to evolve let me give you a perfect example I, I did something for marvel studios this year we're working on a film called blade um we did a few things for them i can't say a lot of um, the things that i did for them but got of, of of ndas and that but um root told me something there normally she works with six different illustrators but she was working with only me because I've bridged, I've I've gone past a lot of steps that they normally take before they get to where I am. Things I was already creating with AI thing. So that was a lot of pressure on me, but I understood it at, at some point. That, okay, yeah, I get it because we're creating photorealistic things. We're creating the film before the film even, um, uh, before you even shoot, you're showing the director what the film could possibly look like. That was not possible before. It takes a lot to do that before, but now it's a lot easier. So. I always look at it from that point of view. So whether some people are scared or not, it's going to prevail. So why not just be a part of that, you know, um, positive side of it? Well, I'm Siri, before you come, I mean, what what Malik is doing, um, I, I don't want to say he could get it from Peter, but I want to ask Malik, have you had people that are like anti what you're doing? Even as we love the work that you do and we see the good and the heart in what you're doing, are there people that have actually spoken ill about your work or just hate the fact that you're doing what you're doing? And basically, what are their reasons? Um, it's always easy to have um, it's always easy to have the crowd and fans, but you always have um, enemies. I really want to know what they think about what you do. Um, one funny thing that I heard when I shared your art once was, why is this guy trying to make old people uh, 
trying to make these old people second chance at life. Like, why are you trying to um, create what doesn't exist? So their anger was like, or their displeasure was more like, what is he trying to do? This doesn't exist. So, but I'm a creative person and I understand what you're trying to do. I understand there's a message behind the art. I'm very excited to hear your message today because definitely it was a very so please kind and I really like to know um, if that ever happened and then how do you handle those kind of things? Um, that was only in the very very early stage, and this came from some artists. Um, I, when I when I always check the maybe the page of the artist or the profile is always a struggling artist, and then I get the I, I get why they might be angry. And most of the time, I never respond, but I have other artists that will go on my page under the comment and respond for me, which was always something because I didn't need to explain certain things. Now, there's a reason why we create a world that does not exist. There's a reason why we have to inspire and why it's key for creatives to understand the power of messaging and content. I understand how lost our history is as Africans, how misdirected a lot of people are in terms of where you're from, in terms of who you are, in terms of how you see yourself as an African. That's why we're here today. That's why um, we, we we take a lot of things. That's why the government is what the government is today. I could go I could go on for ages. I could go on for days. I mean, you know, if if you don't know your history, you don't never can never know your future. If you don't know where you're from, how do you know where you're going to? So, my um um intention is to remind you of who you are because now you're saying yourself in a different light you're happy you're elegant but there's struggle in nigeria there's a there's this there's this problem here and there but at the end of the day i see all those things as a, as a facade i see it as, as a mindset if you think of yourself in a different way you would you would you know approach things in a different way in an elevated way you know with confidence and all of that so that is why I do what I do. So anytime, it, and it's always like a 1% out of 100%. So it never really bothers me from that 1%. And when that point of view is always, oh, this um, software is stealing other people's um, hard work. That means they don't even understand that I train it myself. I don't even use, I don't use any data, you know, from the neural network. So that doesn't really bother me because I am on a mission. And I'm, that mission is to use storytelling content in a way to you know inspire or to make you understand that there's a higher purpose there's a higher you know um, thing that you could be doing as an african as a black person because we need to know where we're going to we need to understand how we could be better as a people as an economy but how can we do that when we're always worried about one problem or the other when we're always hustling about one thing or the other so if we can rise above that first of all in the mind maybe we could rise above that you know physical and other things would change so that's that, that's my goal that's why i kind of tell the stories that i tell um so when people come and and say things like why am i trying to create a world that does not exist just to inspire is to make it exist so for instance we're having that fashion show at the end of this month for the first time in a while and that was not gonna happen i don't think i don't know maybe it would have happened but it's happening because i created um the fictional one so now it's been people are inspired and we're taking it to amsterdam miami nigeria a bunch of places to celebrate the elders you know because they're still alive they're not they should not be marginalized because they're 60 70 they still need there's still things they could do in the society so why they're not included so that's 
really um, what I was trying to tell. And, and I realized that a lot of bodies, um, organizations that are doing the same thing from the WHO to the UN to the WCIS that I didn't, I didn't even know about. I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, so yeah, I, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, so no, that, that does answer the question. And there was, a, there was another question that I was going to ask um, related to that, but you also um, have answered that. Um, but, you know, just hearing you talk about um, people's perspective and especially struggling artists, um, which are mostly really talented young men and women who don't have the access like you do and, you know, even leveraging the right AI tool could be a challenge to them. What do you think the impact of AI itself would be in 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 the life or in the art of um, artists, young creatives in Africa without the access? So I don't I don't I, I don't I didn't have access if 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 that's how you see it. Um, access is on it's it's there's access everywhere. Um, as long as you're connected to the internet, as long as you can use your WhatsApp, you could go online. That's that that is access. I didn't go to film school. I studied business in 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 the at school in university. I, I don't practice that. Even if I, I run a business, but I have people that run that for me. I didn't I didn't study anything creative. I had to create those ways for myself. I moved back to Nigeria 12, 13 years ago, and I was getting jobs, job offers. Um, like eighty percent less than what I was earning where I was as a student, you know, got into depression and I had to think about what I was doing. That's where my business started from in Nigeria. You know, I had to create ways for myself. I had to learn my, you know, things that I felt like okay, in the next five years, ten years, it's going to be something because I did a forecast that understood the market. I I did research because nobody was going to do that research for me. I did that research myself. You know, and I just I just went in, you know, full full deep dive. Yes, I had some nine to five jobs for the experience when I when I was head on there, but I left at the end of the day because I knew what I was doing. So I didn't have any funding, I didn't have any investors. I literally built it up from scratch and scratch meaning from the jobs I get, I'll buy one or two equipment, I'll buy one, I'll keep one, I'll save. I, I delayed gratuity, I don't buy nothing that would cars or nothing I would you know I use all my profit put it back into my business and I was just trying to improve in my skills and improving my, in my skills didn't mean I would improve in just that skill I wanted to be better in other things I wanted to be innovative I wanted to you know talk to international people you know with the same conversation technical skills that they had that, that was where I was going to so I had that drive so I guess what you need is drive regardless of how talented you are even don't have drive and passion you'll just be talented because nobody will get to see your work because at some point I, I just created things I did things for free I just do things and I put it out there I have people call me and like why are you putting this out there you could sell it or you could do that but I knew what I was doing I didn't care about the money I just cared about the message that I just getting my work out there and that was a consistency that I had and that's why I always tell people that if you're consistent with what you're doing and you're trying to be better at what you do, give it, give you everything you have. There is nothing that can stop you. Literally, nothing and nobody can stop you. That is what as that's how I feel. Um, at some point in my career, I would you know send proposals, I would send uh, scripts, 
and they would get ignored. But after I had the break that I did, these people that I was sending proposals to and everything were reaching out. The CEOs were reaching out to me directly, trying to have conversations. So I, I now understood it's where you place yourself and how you, where you get to. That's what really matters. So you just have to keep grinding. You just have to keep doing what you're doing, regardless of if you're seeing results or not. As long as you're true to it and you're better, you're getting better each time. There is, it's, not, it's, it's a no-brainer. No matter how long it takes, it's, it just takes one day. It takes one yes. And that yes would catapult you to however you're going to, yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean, listen, again, like I said, Malik, we're here on the pitch from Africa to push the conversation beyond the, the boundaries, to bring out the authenticity, and you've been doing a whole lot of that. I'm really enjoying the conversation, learning a lot. And I believe that people out there are listening to us, whether you're join, whether they are joining us live or just catching up on the podcast, we've been learning um, a lot from this. Um, Malik, so, so let us go back to you know the creative the creative space in in the continent in, in itself. Um, what are some of the the things that you think AI has the power to be able to? to do within the, the context of the creative industry in Africa and the way we tell our stories. Because we have for a very long time not, we, we have not been empowered enough for a very long time to tell the African, the true African story. And with a technology like um, AI, artificial intelligence, it means that possibility is there. What are your take on, on, on what that future looks like and the way we tell our story? Um, I think it's, uh, it's promising uh, because of the fact that nothing is impossible and because of the fact that we could dream bigger, we could dream wider, we could be more ambitious with the approaches that we you know, want to do. Now that the access to technology is even better, it's even you know more reachable, um, it's promising. So that means if the big players start to think towards technology or towards innovation, we'll be in a better space. We would be in a space where we're competing with the Hollywood and that. You know, all the, the difference between the Hollywood and the Nollywood is the type of gear and the amount of time they use in producing and well, a bunch of things. But, you know, if we start to tick all those boxes, I feel like um, we'll get to a good space. And artificial intelligence is a very um, key element to that because it bridges, it makes the time shorter for many things, you know, storyboarding, visualizing, pre-production, post-production, um, even to create like coffee books or comic books or whatnot. You don't have to go through the long processes of going back and forth, um, like drawings, uh, different softwares. And, you know, most of the softwares would require a large GPU. And if you don't have a good GPU, you can't render something. You don't need a you know, great GPU to create AI things. And if you need a great GPU, there are GPUs on the cloud that you could use. You even have to use your own. So many things that are, you know, solved today. Um, what I want people to know is all that AI has been in, in effect for a long time, especially in the film industry, but nobody talks about it. As If you're in a film industry and you work with um, programs like Adobe, um, DaVinci, you've been using AI for a bit, you know, when it comes to the color grading and a bunch of things. So it's just now that because it's open source and because it's now generative AI, chat GPTs is making things a lot easier. That's why um, all the buzz is. So if you could find ways to regulate it and also to, um, within 
your industry, find solutions of how you could use it. It's going to change the output. It's going to change the look and feel. And I think things will be a lot better. I, I it's, it's a hopeful place. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so, so here's, here's one um, question, right? So, um, one of the things, one of the, the, so with every new technology, and I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure you know this also, and you touch, you touch on this a little bit um, during our conversation already, but with every new technology, guys, this use case of um, misrepresentation, and uh, there's this like challenge that comes with it, but also it provides it presents a very huge opportunity. Unfortunately, our African um, brothers and sisters don't usually leverage the full um, the full power of some of these things, mostly because they don't understand what really, really is happening. And sometimes um, they're negligent to, to, you know, get into it and learn. And uh, other times they're just, you know, uh, clueless um, on, on, on everything, right? Um, but there are other people who are extremely working hard, pushing the barriers and really putting themselves out there and developing their arts. Are you at the moment um, collaborating, inspiring young people, mentoring um you, you know, young artists in the in leveraging AI and more advanced tech to actually empower them and make them become better. Yes, I, I do that a lot. I do, I do many um, speaking engagements um, in many different places, many different countries. Um, yes, I do. And the problem of misrepresentation and the bias is is a lot as bigger than what we think it is. Um, that is why we need more people in that space. We need more people in the space of, you know, the back end. Like, if I start to talk about the bias, is another conversation entirely. I'm doing a talk uh, in South Africa very soon about the ethics and how we're being misrepresented. I'll give you some examples. Um, when you type in an African boy and you type in a black boy, you're going to get two extremely different images. Now, the African boy will be poverty-stricken, his torn clothes and whatnot, if you don't type African luxurious boy. But the black boy, you're going to see a black American wearing a hoodie in New York, you know. And when you when you type 150 prompts that has to do with HIV, 100 of them are black people. That is a bad representation. And that is from the backhand creators that don't have the right picture of Africa. So that means we as Africans need to be there to, to share the, the right picture, to you know tell the right stories. You know, for instance, if I did not train the AI machines last December to create the, the fashion show with the elegant outfits, we'll be getting nonsense today. Like most of what people have done today is, is trained off of the images that I did. So, because the images I was getting was misrepresented. Now, right now, there's a new update, a 5.2 update on one of the softwares, and the 5.2 update is representing Africans as Asians. And nobody's talking about it. So, like, that is part of the problems that we face. So, as Africans, we need to understand that we don't, we can't just be users. We also need to be, you know, um, part of uh, people that implement change, 
you know and also be on the back end as well so we tell the right stories and i try my best to let creators understand how important it is to be a part of that community you can't let them tell your story for you you know so yeah it's it's been in the stock image um, industry for a long time um, now it's in the ai industry why so we need to change that and i'm part of the people doing that no and 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 you know i want to firstly thank you for for your work because fantastic I am, um, well i'm um, I, i don't i don't Esther? Yeah, um sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, I'll Malik, I think. Yeah, Esther gone. I said but you go ahead. I was trying to say something but it looks like my network is really bad. So you just go ahead. No, 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 we can hear you now. Um just fine, Esther. Okay, so I was I was intrigued listening to Malik speak and Malik if I'm in Lagos I'm definitely going to check um hit you up because there's a lot more that we're sharing today I hear a lot more that you're not saying um I think I would say I'm picking up the creative cues <laughs> um because there's a lot of attachment to our work as creatives is deeper than just like I heard everything you said from depression to reinventing yourself I heard about the pain with your mom I heard about You know, before I was kicked out, I heard a lot of things that had to do with the reason why, and your why actually is the driving force of your art, right? And um, I think that's one of the biggest things that can be taken away from creatives. But speaking about um, what she talked about, bringing more people into the space, you mentioned the back end. But how about? Um, and I, I appreciate the fact that is the work that you have done since December, right? That we're now benefits people. Other people have been benefiting from now. because you have trained um this ai um but i'm 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 speaking about other artists who are probably not um open enough um to learn what you're doing and to embrace it or other upcoming artists who are actually intrigued about what you're doing and would love to come into that space do you have sessions where you give back and teach people um upcoming artists who are interested in what you're doing or do you have sessions that are paid that you get people who are interested in this to learn um i think that's one way too to bring more people into um changing that image is there something like that that you're doing beyond the work that you currently do um well yes we're, we're planning to do something um in that space at some point in September or November we've been talking about it oh yeah so we we going to have an event um there's a VR event that we we have a VR club that we um, set up this year so it's probably going to be a part of that you know um uh, maybe we are going to elevate that event into an AI thing as well but we're still trying to um plan it um nothing concrete yet not been definite yet but it's something we definitely want to do um so we could make you know how the barrier to entry is very low like it's not as hard as you think and just share share the message and just make people understand how to use the tech a little bit more so it's going to happen before the end of the year definitely yeah because i see i see a space where we have more control over image that we have as africans as nigerians we have more control right so if that is happening 
it means that in the nearest future we get to reshape our, our image we get to change the narrative i think that's very impressive as well so i will be in your dm because i'm very interested in that work i would love to contribute i'd love to support i'd love to make sure that 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 project sees the light of day so uh, thank you very much over to you. all right over to you see yeah no thank you very much for that malik i just uh, again want to thank you for being here and uh, i know sometimes when we're having this conversation i feel like honestly like the hour is not enough so i'm going to maybe be um, start pleading with esther to see how we can um you know Im- improve on our timing and let this conversation just go on because i i have just so many questions um i'm just going to drag you back a little bit uh, malik into your creative process as an artist um Walk us through how you think about, um, you know, how you think about leveraging, like what's the thought process when you're thinking about um, building uh, or creating an image um, using AI, the, the, the story? How do you think about that? What goes through the process? So that's the, that's the hardest part of it, actually, um, because my um, intentions and the kind of end products that I always want to create are things that don't exist, uh, things that there are no references to, that I, I can't just go online and find a reference. And so that's the hardest part. And um, But when I do think about it, I, I think about a, 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 a space that I want to be in and where I want people to be in, but it's been one space since December and that's euphoria. Um, just make you smile, happy, it's putting you in a better space. Nigeria's hard already, the world and many things happening, but if we can remember to, you know, smile or be happy or maybe if, even if it's five minutes a day. So that's been my goal and that's where I've kind of focused on euphoria. So that's the first thing that always comes to my mind. Um, how can I put you in a better space when you see my work? Um, how can you see yourself? How can you just forget about your troubles and just think about good things in life for 60 seconds? And that's what comes to mind first. So I started to think about myself, uh, my experiences, where I was, where I want to be, where I am. So it's mostly personal experiences that drive me to create what I want to create. Um, personal experiences that are maybe conversations with friends, family. So it's always um, from a personal point of view. It's always from a human human point of view um, most of the time when I'm creating things for advocacy is from a history and heritage point of view so when I have those things um, sort out first of all then the content could be literally now be based on sub thoughts that I have and sub thoughts could be um, the most initial conversations I've had with people or the most initial news that is on television and that could just inspire me to think about um, what is happening in the world? What is happening in my immediate society? And from there, something comes up and I just create now. And sometimes because there are no references to what I want to create, I need to prompt and prompt and prompt then. And I'll find my, some of my pictures that I have that are very close to what I'm trying to create, then I alter it. I'm very good at using Photoshop as well. I'm using using other softwares as well. So I could either alter the images and put it back into the AI software and create more variations of that until I get what I want. So um, I, I sometimes I work on my iPad. I've got this digital pen that I could draw on my iPod with or distort. Or, so it's not, I don't leave the AI to dictate my final results. I don't leave it to give me, I kind of 
curate it in a way. So there are some times that in my past through five different softwares before I get to the end result. You know, so my creative process is not one way. It's organic and it's um, the expression sometimes is different. Sometimes it's not even um, based off the AI. Sometimes it's based out of my real images uh, that I've either drawn or scribbled. And I've, from there, I, you know, make variations of that and I turn it into something else. But what I always try to say is um, what is consistent in everything is the story because I'm a storyteller. So that is, you know, the baseline of everything. Yeah. I hope that answers. No, you did. And, and, and I'm really grateful for your honesty. That was a very particular question because I know, <laughs> uh, Malik, please, please don't beat me and please don't laugh. But when I saw your when I saw your images, I thought, holy smokes, this is something I could do. Let me go on meet Johnny and trust me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of I'm not proud of what I I, I did with me, Johnny. <laughs> Can you please take pictures of what you did with those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not proud at all. Like it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. So it's a good thing. It's a good, it's a good thing because I believe that there are other artists that will be listening to this, and it will be very important for them to get that honest uh, perspective of how you think about it, but also understanding that listen, it's not only about generating. Uh, yeah, Malik, do you, you want to go on? No, no, I'm with you, sorry. Yeah, it's not It's not only about generating the image, it's not only about, but it's about the entire process, right? The entire process of the thoughts, the story you want to tell, but also being able to understand that, hey, listen, even if, um, you know, some certain tools spit out the image, you still have to run it past, you know, whether it's Photoshop or other um, tools, to make it the ultimate um, best image uh, that you know that you could you you could have. So, um, what advice do you think will then in 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 that scenario? You know, just you know, bringing the conversation back to to the artists themselves and people like yourself, that, you know, storytellers looking to break through as you have broken through. Um, what advice would you? give them in terms of how they leverage AI from both the ethical perspective and the ethical use case of AI, but also understanding that representation matter and that the right representation makes the difference. I feel like the number one thing is, is research. You need to understand what is actually going, what is actually going on, um, what people think about, you know, you, what people think about where you're from, you know, you need to understand, you know, what the how the world represents you in the media. All those things actually do matter. You can't oversee or overlook anything. Um, and when you know all these things, to inform how you're approaching the kinds of work that you do, you know, you, you become more intentional with the things that you do. You don't, you're not misdirected, if if, if that makes any sense. Um, you need to reflect the society they're living in and find ways to help that using your you know your, your skills and talents um that is one way um i think it was was it two questions you asked yeah no it's true and and the other the other one is about the ethical use of it yes so and the ethical side is so for instance because i, I work for big corporations and these are big corporations that have void litigation and 
you know, copyright infringements and that. That means I can't create things that any, like you said, you try to go create one of the things and it was different. That's intentional. I can't create um, um, content that anybody can just go and create because this is open source. This is uh, software that anybody can access. So what makes my work unique? You know, so that is one way of looking at it as well. My work is definitely unique because I train it with my own, you know, neural network, my own things, because I can't, you know, have a, a, a product or a job that I'm doing for a big corporation and they're seeing it anywhere being replicated just like that. So I, I take all those things into consideration. I think I take laws into consideration. I take ethics, I take copyright, everything into consideration because it matters in everything that you're doing. If you want to be in a serious space, if you want to be working in this professionally, uh, you need to understand um, the representation side of it as well as the fact that its natural state does not work for you. Its natural state was not built for you. So you need to alter it to fit. You need to be part of the people that are changing that narrative. It doesn't, you know, represent Africans as, you know, people of, of honor, you know, if you type a prompt and you don't specify it, that it's African or black, you will always get a white man. So then these things happen and these are the things that we need to know that happen. So if we understand that it's, 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 it's a cause, we could always find ways to be the part of the change or to be the part of the people that actually control the narrative. So we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go, but I know we're going to get there. Yeah. And honestly, I can't wait for us to get there. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the genius that is Malik. Um, for those of you who don't know who this guy is, you probably know his work. Um, so in the hype of chat GPT and generative AI, Malik's work broke the internet. And for the first time, Africa royalty was seen as a... Um, you know something to be admired when Malik infused elderly people into um, the royal imagery of Africa in in fashion runway. We've been having a wonderful conversation with him. We've been speaking to his genius, speaking about his journey, understanding the use and the leverage that he's made with AI, but also trying to just get a, a sense of what he. Uh, of the, the vision that he sees um, that AI could potentially have for people in the creative industry. In his own words, he doesn't believe that AI is going to replace the jobs um, or the individuals in the creative industry. He believes that, in fact, it is going to empower a lot more artists. And uh, even as we come close to, uh, close to um, the end of our conversation today, would like to thank all of you that have been here um, with us every single week joining us live. It's been an amazing, amazing, amazing privilege to be here. Um, so we appreciate you. For those of you who are listening to the podcast and you would like to send in your questions, um, we're happy to receive those questions and we'll pass them on to Malik and we'll respond to those questions on our podcast. But do us a favor. Why don't you join us here live every friday like everybody else that joined this call and get to listen to the individual himself but you can also choose to ask a question by jumping up on stage as we challenge them their thoughts and the way um, they view the world malik as we come close to the end of today's episode of the pitch from africa 
I just want to say I'm completely inspired by your work and your journey. And I've been a fan of, again, I must be honest, I've been a fan of your work for a very, very long time since the first day I saw um, what you did with the end of this series. And it's such a privilege to have you here. But here is a question for you. Since you leverage the use case of um, technology to actually break through the barriers and tell your story in a better way, have you have you have other artists within the African space that have come to you to collaborate in any new project that we must know about? Um, um I've had many. So I'm not going to lie, like my my DMs are full. Um, sometimes I feel bad because uh, when, when I'm not able to respond, it's because I can't. Um, I have had requests from a bunch of people from all around the world to do many different things with AI, many different artists, established artists, people that you would not even think that they, they would like AI. So I've had that. Uh, that tells me the future is bright in terms of people are definitely going to start looking towards that space. Um, because of the fact that I'm working, I'm, I've been doing a bunch of things for a lot of big corporations. I've not really had the time to collaborate properly, but I plan to definitely. I've, 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 I've set up a clothing line. We have a clothing line that we're going to be launching end of this month. So part of that clothing line is also to collaborate with other artists as well. For instance, I'll be collaborating with one artist from Mozambique that he draws. So he what he wants to do is to you know, recreate the things that I create with AI with this paintbrush, you know, on clothing. And we have that line that we're going to create for like a merchandise called one of one. Uh, only one would exist. So that's this, a real artist being inspired by my work. And this is someone that's established in, in Mozambique. That is one collaboration that is coming up. Um, other collaborations will be in the virtual reality space. Uh, doing a, uh, Like I said, I'm very, very, um, particular about history, particular about heritage. So I'm, I'm backing on a project to recreate, to reimagine African um, uh, um, um, historical sites that have been lost to wars, lost to suppression, lost to natural disasters. So we're using 3D, using AI and virtual reality to reimagine these structures all around Africa that we could revisit, we could relearn about this uh, cultures, languages, you know, that don't exist anymore, that are not in our history books. So it's a big project. So that's one of the things I'm also I'm working on, apart from yeah, other things like for the TV shows and a bunch of things. So but in the AI space, the, I, I, I'm majorly doing things for big hops right now and just creating, creating for them. Then I'll have time to collaborate with other people. Yeah. Uh, so here's, here's, here's my final question. And Esther will come in here with her um, final thoughts and you can, you know, just give us one brilliant um, question, um, you know, one brilliant thought for all of our listeners, even as we come to a close. And again, I do apologize. I know we've gone beyond the hour, but um, this has been such a wonderful conversation and we've been super excited to just listen in, to just listen to you speak about your journey, but also share so much light on how AI could be leveraged within the creative um, industry. So if you could 
at this moment right now on this call this is a controversial question so bear with us and i'm going to push you a little bit to have um, a response from you right so if you could at this stage right here right now name one artist or ai developer or a celebrity who is african that you would like to collaborate with who will it be and why I don't know a lot of people. So, okay, there's something you should know about me. Um, I don't, I don't know a lot of. I'm not a very social person. I don't know a lot of people like that to have um, an aspiration. I, I, I kind of play in my own space. Um, if that makes any sense. Um, so I can't say this is one artist or that artist. and another thing is my key my core is not even the AI creation sorry my son is it it's not really the, the AI creation it's um, film so that's most of the things that I work on so like, the AI things that I do is just like a byproduct of my work um, so I, I, I don't I don't see it that way I don't yeah that's the hardest opinion so yeah nobody nobody right now but hopefully maybe someone in the future what are you going to say about yeah. yeah no 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 but but here's the thing i wanted i i want to push a little bit down the line again to say uh malik okay forget ai if you were to collaborate with anyone within africa whether these are celebrities or brand who would you want to collect, collaborate with at the moment and why? Still um, wishing for that answer. Uh, who, who in Africa do I want to collaborate with and why? Um, <laughs> that, that is, such a, it's such a tough question. I, I, I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Um, there is a South African director that I know called Dan Mace. He's um, very talented. It's the nice thing project with him. Um, yeah, um, maybe to maybe if I'm collaborating with other people in other spaces, I don't know, um, that are doing other things apart from what I do that could add to the, you know, to the project maybe. But I'm not. I've never really thought about this. I've actually never had to sit down and think about this before. That's the truth. So I, I don't want to just mention any name. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope one day I can think of something. Um, Malik, I guess he has given you some food for thought, and um, I understand yeah. that you're socially awkward for whatever reason. So <laughs> hire me, hire me, and we will help make it easier. Uh, yeah. Fantastic having you here, Malik. And I think I sent you a chat in 2021. Then I think that was when you started trying out a couple of things. I think in 2021. Then in 2022, when I came into your DM about a year after, you having you were unrecognizable, right? I mean, not just you, you as a person, but your work your online presence. I, I think for me, I just want to ask you, you know, this is a, a, a dirty story. I mean, I say a dirty story would be like, people don't really put out
Oh, I think I think we lost. Um, I think we lost Esther there. Um, Esther, are you back? Esther, we're Esther, we're losing you. Hi, Hello, Siddiq, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. We lost you completely. We can hear you now. Wow. Okay, so I'm saying that beyond the glitz and the glam, um, um, I don't know where I stopped. Where did you hear me? What was the last thing I said, Siddiq? What was the last thing you heard me say? Because I've been talking. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you um, reached out for the first time in 2021, and then... Yes, when I reached out fantastic so i reached out to, to him in 2021 and i just kind of like said i loved the work that he was doing and i just like kind of said hello when i followed him and i just said i i, I just said kudos to him right in 2022 when i came back to my dm he was unrecognizable and not him as a person but his account the engagement and every single thing so i'm asking as someone who understands the platform how linkedin works how did that make you feel? I know I missed the part of that story because you said your um, your tablet went off, your laptop went off, all of that. So, but how did you manage the, the unplanned success overnight? And um, what did you change to sustain that success? Because a lot of creatives don't like LinkedIn. A lot of creatives don't even put out any, they don't even come close to LinkedIn. But you've managed to um, do something intriguing how have you how did you manage the um, overnight you know unexpected success success and how are you currently maintaining it would you say you still get the same engagement on most of your posts just share a little bit about that uh, in a nutshell um there's something i need to share first to make you to put it in more perspective so you understand so um at some point on Instagram, maybe like two years ago, I always used to post videos of my TV commercials, like short videos of content I create and everything. I was always doing it like every week or three times a week. It was like something that I felt I needed to do to stay relevant, you know, to say, oh, but I, th I thought about it one day and I said, I need to stop because I realized that my clients were not on Instagram and and people on Instagram that were liking my videos or were commenting, and not the people that I was trying to attract, they're not the kind of that wasn't the kind of money I was looking for. Let me put it that way. I wanted to change my client base and my demographic, so I stopped posting on Instagram and I started posting on LinkedIn because I felt like there are more serious people on LinkedIn. And I started, you know, just just posting what I would normally post on Instagram. I'll just post it on LinkedIn, pictures, videos, just random things. And that was my intention then to I kind of attract a certain type of crowd. So I didn't really, and I I'm, I don't like social media. That's something you should know about me. Is I actually hate social media. I'm only there because I have to, uh, because of my work. I'm a very private person. I don't like sharing my private life. And sometimes I just post things just because I have to. So that on its own, it makes it hard for me to be consistent in terms of engaging. But when I posted that thing and people were messaging me, the messages I was getting were very, I was getting very emotional messages. I was getting prayers from people in their 70s, 80s. I was getting prayers from 
grandkids telling me how the thing has affected their grandparents and they've seen they've not seen their grandparents smile in 10 years and they just saw them smile and they become my picture people that say their grandparents died and this reminded them and it's put them in a better i was getting tons of messages so i was responding to every single person you know everybody everybody that i can because i felt like i needed to and i felt like if my art is speaking to you i should and they were always surprised that i'm responding like, are you joking I'm, I'm like you for heaven's sake why would i respond to you i'm not a celebrity so I, i've never seen myself as that and i still don't um you know so i it, to me it, it 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 was just more people engaging with me i didn't see it as as a var i didn't i don't see it the way maybe some people might see it um to me i, I feel ex- the same I, I mean it's it's like it was meant to happen that's how i look at it like maybe it's a part of my life something that was meant to happen is another way i i, I kind of look at it so i don't like today if i put that certain things i post on linkedin i i get low engagement there's certain things that i get very high engagement I, I don't care you know to me it's just normal i, I don't have that pressure you know as a creative and i think it's freeing because i know exactly what i am doing i know the kind of crowd that i'm trying to pull so an engagement will not pull the crowd that i'm pulling it's the actual content and the value of my work that would that's that's where that's 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 how i look at it so i know some creators do that for traffic and to get people to see their work but that's their model i don't use that model at all Fantastic. Thank you so much, um, um, Malik. I mean, there's something profound again about what you said. And I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, I don't know if Sigi has anything to chime in. Um, the most important thing you said today is that you know your why. You know why you're doing what you're doing, right? So you're not ex- you don't have any expectations from social media, but you have expectations for the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. And that is so important, really, because social media can kill your, your dreams before they start. If you wait for the first, <laughs> first two, three weeks, you're posting, there's no engagement, there's no, you probably take down the post and all of that, but you've been able to, you've been able to, you know, like you said, no pressure, you freed yourself. I think there's a lot to unpack in here for creatives. I speak like a creative because I understand what it takes to put your work out there and, um, maybe just have a little bit of expectation that someone will see it someday and and you know engage in it so i, I just want to really say thank you for for staying true to who you are and not you know you you, you just personally said that you're a socially awkward person you, you didn't really care so it, it's very important that creators are actually self-aware because that's the beauty of unlocking um, our superpower that we know ourselves we understand ourselves so we don't put pressure on ourselves um, thank you so much, Mali, for such a beautiful time with you. Like I said, I'm going to come look for you in Lagos, and I'm going to also come after you, um, um, and probably with the with the dose of um, dealing with the social, like you said, the social thingy. I'm going to come for you. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to be up and everywhere around in your business. Um, thank you so much for your time day with us and i know it has been very 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 engaging very exciting for me and also for my colleague cd um any final words for him because i am so excited about today and i can't wait um to to jump on a conversation further with um, malik cd any final words no i think um we are 
you know, we've had a very wonderful conversation. Um, thank you so much, Malik, again for being here. And I, again, I do apologize for you know stretching the time beyond the hour. Um, that's because you know, to be honest, there's just so, so much to learn from you, and we do hope we can have you here again. If you do have any final thoughts um, that you'd like to share with us, it will be really, really amazing and awesome to hear you um, give us. Um, yeah, just thank you for having me. It's always great to share my experience and my weird brain. <laughs> it's always good to speak sometimes. Um, I, I don't know, last words. I just say, be a history buff. History is fun. Learn, just learn history for fun and you'll find many interesting things that you, you thought you knew. You know, there's always something that you always discover in history that's always finding out. So yeah, um, make that a, a side thing, <laughs> something that has a side note from me to you. But apart from that, stay blessed and thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how it comes to an end of another exciting episode of the Beach from Africa. Don't forget to join us next week. Next week, we'll be joined by the general partner of North Queen, one of the largest impact investors in the world. This is the Beach from Africa, and I've been your host, Sidi Sako, and I've been blessed to be joined by my co-host, Esther Richard. Good night, Esther. Good night, CD, and good night, everyone. Malik, see you soon. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>